New York. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome to another edition of the 914 Sports Podcast. My name is Frankie Firmonti, and joining me, as always, are most of my co-hosts. Uh, today, we have Joe Diegas. What's up, everybody? Tony Cohen. Hello, everybody. And Steven Signori is back after a week off. Howdy. Uh, Tony Voza is clearly not with us tonight since I didn't introduce him yet. Uh, he needed the week off, so we're down to man again, but we're not going to be going with chaos episode this week. Um, too much chaos is too much chaos. That pretty much sums it up, right? Um, so we are going to have a little bit of structure this week. Uh, I do think I'm going to throw a curveball, and we're going to go straight into NBA talk since there's not much MLB this week. Um Joe, what do we got with the NBA? Well, with the NBA, I mean, it's only right that we got to start off with fantasy. And this is the trend that we want to talk about in fantasy right now. So this past weekend, um, I destroyed the Gallinari Gabagools. You had Frankie who destroyed uh, Little Diegas. And you had Steve that destroyed Voza. So the interesting thing about this is that it is the complete opposite of what we talk about with the actual NBA. The West is the conference that dominates the East, and right now the East is dominating the West right now by, like, they're d- destroying. Or in the words of uh, our beloved Voza, they are mollywopping the other division right now. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the other division's going to start. I don't know if Voza's going to start his lineup. I don't know. I think Cohen has been trying, and now every time he tries, he's just doing worse. So who knows what he wants to do after that. And my brother is still in first place with, I think, an under 500 record. So... Um, it's can interesting like, right now. Can we actually like say the records? Because it sounds bad when you say it that way. It sounds even worse when you look at the records in the standings. <laughs> yeah, like Frankie and I. <laughs> Frankie and I are both eight and two. We play each other this week. I've won seven in a row. Frankie has won three in a row. And then four Joe. In a row. Is, sorry, Frankie has won four in a row, and then Joe is at seven and three, and he's won three in a row. <laughs> And then in the other division, Nick is four and six, and he's lost four in a row. Tony is two and eight, and he's lost three in a row. And then Tony Boza takes the cake with a one and nine record, and he has lost nine games in a row. <laughs> you know what the sad part is? So fucked up. They can still make playoffs because one of them is going to make it out of that division. So yeah. Boza still has a chance. <laughs> it's going to be the Nick. Best, the best part was like Tony, like Gabagools was the shit team in the beginning and didn't check his team and we were like Tony all you gotta do is just like put your guys in that's it and Boza was part of that like that like group with the pitchforks up and now Boza's just like nah fuck it I'm not gonna put anybody in. <laughs> half of half of his uh half of his team is out or being held out trying to figure out trade stuff um yeah I'm surprised no one is trying to like wait we can make trades in this shit wait all right we're gonna swing a trade no no no, I'm saying like the guys that aren't hurt they're just being kept out because their teams don't want to play them because they want to trade like Blake Griffin and uh who's the other guy that's that's gotten that treatment it's uh Drummond yeah Drummond yeah yeah guys my entire team's for sale let me know who you want (laughs) <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you Jermaine Die and then you'll end up winning the league. 
Dude. I'm surprised you haven't pulled a Jermaine die. To be I honest. actually just thought about it while you were talking. I'm like, might just drop my team next week. I'm gonna wait till after the All Star break. <laughs> Draymond Green is gonna carry Tony to a championship. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, so a lot of basketball still left, but yeah, it's been um, kind of one sided right now with our with our division. So we'll see what happens there. But to actual basketball news. Um, there was a firing on Monday, so the Hawks have fired Lloyd Pierce after starting off with a 14-20 and 20 record. I think we were all saying this was a team that we were excited to see with the moves that they made in the offseason, but a lot of it has been played to injuries and the, the players just not performing to where they thought they would. Um, so with him being fired, they have some, their assistant coach, Nate McMillan, is going to be the interim coach. Um, I'm excited about it. I know he had been the head coach at the Trailblazers for quite some time. So he definitely has experience. He has a like over 500 record overall as a head coach. So I think it'll be good to see what he can do. Um, I think timing wise, it's never great with timing, but I think doing it before the all-star game, you get a game or two with the team and then you have them after the all-star break and kind of getting recouped. So like we said, the East is pretty wide open. So with a 14 and 20 record, they can easily make a run at one of the lower seeds. So I kind of like the move with the Hawks because there was a lot of promise with all the signings and the money they threw at it. Players with Gallinari and Bogdanovich. But Bogdanovich has just been hurt this whole season. So can't really fault him on, on what he hasn't done. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the Hawks are kind of, I guess they're not like the Knicks. I was going to compare them to the next but we'll talk about them later um the hawks have so many pieces that are just lloyd pierce hasn't done well putting those guys together but maybe it's kind of like with the sixers where um bryce brown just couldn't get it done with that group of players doc rivers came in and now they look like a powerhouse maybe Nate mcmillan will do that with with this hawks team because they have a lot of talent at, at, at all positions I feel like Collins has been inconsistent too. There was a lot of promise with him really being like the number two guy and he really hasn't been doing well. Clint Capella has been solid. I was a little worried on like how he was going to do with the trade, but I think if anything, he's been more of a solid two than, than Collins has been this year. Yeah. Capella's like a walking double, double every night. Um, I didn't, didn't you see, did you see the trade rumors for John Collins? Yeah, they want like a very high first round pick. They were yeah. saying I, they're not going to get that yeah. with how he's been playing. There's no way, absolutely yeah. no way. They're they're going. I mean, that's the problem. They they spent all this money in the off season, so they're kind of stuck with the um, with like limited capital. So they're trying to trade for for draft picks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so we had that firing, but we also, with the All-Star Weekend coming up, we haven't had a chance to really dive into the All-Stars. Um, so I can go quickly down the list of who the starters are, as well as the reserves. So on the East, you had Kevin Durant, Giannis, uh, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Irving. And on the West, the starters were LeBron James, Steph Curry, Luka, uh, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. On the reserves for the East, you had Tatum, Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vucevic, and then Sabonis came in as a um, replacement for Kevin Durant. And then on the West, you had Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson, and then you had Devin Booker, who's replacing Anthony Davis. 
Um, definitely interesting. I mean, just so kind of, I think everyone, I think people know this, but the reserves are based on like the coaching staff. They choose the players who, who round out the roster. Um, so it was interesting to see. I think there's definitely players who are deserving on both sides. Um, but you always hear about the snubs um, who don't make it. There was a lot of back talk about Devin Booker just not getting any respect. So we kind of knew that he was going to be one of the first ones coming in. Um, but some first-time ones, you have Randall, who's a first-time. Um, good for him. Same with Zach Levine. Um, and then you also have um, Zion with his first one. Uh, I think that was all the first-time ones. I don't think I've missed any. Oh, and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown also. It was his first one. Um, wasn't sure if anyone saw anybody on there that they were happy to see, whether it was because of fantasy. I know as Knicks fans, we're happy to see Julius Randall. We may get into that co- topic of conversation with him later. Um, but yeah, well, anybody else had thoughts on what they thought of the all-stars who were selected? I just still didn't Don, Don, I can never pronounce his name. Didn't Luca get voted a starter two over Lillard? Again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so tired of the disrespect that Damian Lillard gets. I, I know Luca is probably the better player most of the time, but I think Lillard's just having a better overall season. And I feel like no matter what that man does, it just doesn't matter. He's like become the poster boy for like either a snub or a guy that's just never going to get. You heard Luca's post-game conference on that? He yeah, then he's, he even like acknowledged it. Yeah. I don't he know if that's good or bad, to be honest, because you know it's what? like he's humble. It's good. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, it's cool on him to say, like, I think Damien probably should have been the starter. But it also is like so like such a broken system too. then when you have the guy that got nominated the starter, basically like, yeah, it shouldn't have been me. Well, I think the other side to that is you have and I, I apologize, Steve. It's not because I'm trying to shit on the maps, but. Luca's number, so he's tw- he has almost 29 points a game, nine assists, eight and a half rebounds. And then Lillard has 29, almost 30 points a game, eight, eight assists a game, and 4.4 rebounds. But when you look at where they are in the standings, you have the Trailblazers who are in the top half, four or fifth. Um, but they're also doing it without C.J. McCollum. And granted, you have the Mavs who are doing this all without Kristaps um, for a while. You had Richardson who was out. Um, so it kind of just shows you on the leadership side. Granted, like Luca will get there, but I think that should also count for something. I think the other side of it is a lot more players or a lot more fans probably relate more with Luca than they do with Dane, which is yeah. shocking. But I do think that Luca is a 22. I think he just turned 22, right, Steve? Yeah. So, like, younger in age, that's the demographic that's watching it. So that's where a lot of the votes are coming in. Um, yeah, I agree. It's disrespectful um, to not have Dame as a starter. But I also think it's just how the system is and kind of the population of individuals who are voting for these starters. Let's also take into account that Luca, and I've been saying this about the Mavs, that, like, everything on that team runs through Luca. Like, I know that Lillard's doing this right now without C.J. McCollum, but, like, Chris Dops has been out a shit ton, but – as, as we know, I don't even know if he could be the sidekick anymore. It's more like if they had, like, a Heatles-type big three, Chris Tops would be, like, the Chris Bosh on the outside. Like, Luka doesn't have that, you know, that backcourt guy to run with. Jalen Brunson's pretty good. I really like Jalen Brunson, but I don't – like, he's no C.J. McCollum or, or even Gary Trent. Like, Gary Trent Jr. has been playing out of his mind. Um, with oh, yeah. Rivers. But everything runs through Luka, and I – like, I – think that Damian Lillard is very disrespected but it's also like Luca is like the golden child like anybody you talk to in the NBA is like comparing him to some 
like somebody just compared him to Larry Bird, and he's like, I don't want to be compared to him yet. Like, just let me hoop. But I mean, the guy is unbelievable. Like, he was in like the Spanish league at 18 years old, winning the MVP. Like, that's like he's oh my god. It's like what like what can he get better at? It's like we always talked about three point. Like three point shooting, it's not that good. But this year, his clip is really good. Yeah, I think already has like four threes. Yeah, what's up? I think in the game tonight on Monday, he had like four threes already, like before halftime. Yeah, it's like like that step back move that he's kind of patenting as his as his own type of step back is like developing like crazy, and it's kind of scary to think that at twenty two, this is what he is, and LeBron at twenty two years old definitely didn't have this much of his game filled out as Luca does right now. Uh, it's just scary, scary. I hope the Mavs could hold on to him. I hope that he's he comes in like Dirk did and now wants to be a one-man, uh, like a player that plays for one team because he is scary, scary good. And he and it's, and it's so methodical too. It's not all athleticism. Like he beats you with like quickness or anything. It's just all – like his IQ is like through the freaking roof, man. I I love that I'm a Maz fan just because I can like just freaking vomit out words about him because he's so damn good. I mean, you have, you have a good piece there. Now it's just kind of like finalizing it. Yeah, Frankie, we have to find that guy. Uh, Frankie, I thought I saw you come off mute. Oh no, I just came off mute to come off mute. <laughs> Any thoughts <laughs> on the All Star game? Anybody you see on there, or people who you wish you saw on there? Uh, um, the, last, the last thing I'll say before I hand it off to Frank, I think that the injuries that happened made it fair or like made it less of a big deal because like the Sabonis and the Booker ones were really big snubs and I thought they should have gotten in. And now that they're in his backups to the guys that got injured, which I mean, at least they're still in it. So now we don't have to go through that conversation, but those were the two guys that like stuck out to me, but I'm glad that they got in no matter what. So, my whole thing with like snubs and especially with the so the NBA obviously is a smaller like all-star team than I think every other sport like hockey has a huge all-star all-star roster and everything um I I saw somebody say this and I I think it was a player said you all want to talk about snubs but you never want to talk about who the guy should be replacing and, like, I think that really rings true with, like, Booker was a snub because I think he should have made it over some of the guys that that are that made the team. Um, and, and I guess it works for, like, the, the Luka and the, the Damian Lillard sort of thing where it's the, the starter snub. But I, I think it's tough with the NBA because, like, Everybody wants to say this guy got snubbed and then they don't want to take anybody off the team. Um, I know whenever I talk about like the baseball all-star game, I always have a complaint about somebody not making, not making the the all-star team and then they end up making it. But I always have like, Oh, this guy shouldn't be on the fucking all-star team. Cause there's always that one, like the manager got his guy from his team on, or it's always the, yeah, this guy made it because every team needs representation or something like that. I think with the NBA, it's tough, and a lot of people don't want to fess up and be like, oh, well, Anthony Davis shouldn't have made it. 
so Devin Booker should make it. Or, oh, this guy shouldn't have made it, so Devin Booker should make it. Or Sabonis should make it. Or whoever should make it. Um, I think that that's a really good way to look at it is, hey, if you think this guy's a snub, who are they making it over? Who should they be making it over? That, and that's really all I have to say about that because I thought that was a, a really good point that the – I forget who made it, but I thought that was a really good point that they made. Not, and I don't know enough about, like, what's going on in basketball outside that my team rules in fantasy and I'm really smart and two of my players are <laughs> starters. I, I think they could – I think if there was two players that – shouldn't have been on it, or I think we're like the lesser of those who were selected. I would say it's Ben Simmons on the East and Chris Paul on the West. That would be my take. I think Sabonis has def- definitely done better than, than Simmons has. I think on the Sixers, like Tobias Harris deserves it more than Simmons, in my personal opinion. Tell me about uh, it. He's on my team. Yeah. I, I think Tobias has been playing better in that system. And then on the West, I think Booker should have been over Paul, but I mean, you think of other players, like I think De'Aaron Fox is somebody who's been solid, but the team is still young, still trying to get together. Gordon Hayward with the resurfacing on the Hornets uh, and seeing how he's performing. Chris Middleton is still putting up similar numbers that he did when he was selected last year. So there's the problem is that there's not enough spots. It's not like how it is in baseball. It's not even how it is in football. And to your point, Frankie, this is a sport where not every team gets representation because of the spots. It's not like in baseball you'll have at least – or the, the plan is to have at least one player. I think there's been years where there hasn't been, but the NFL too. Like, it's easy think, to get representation from every team. So it's just a different sport on, on getting the representation and it's really getting the best of the best. Yeah, I think baseball, it's a rule now because there was years where guys weren't making it. And they like they made it a rule that like, okay, if this guy's not getting a light, like if obviously fans vote on the starters and whatever, <laughs> managers you got to pick at least one guy. So like, pick their best reliever, or if they have a good starter, or like you need a third catcher or whatever. So now it's a rule, but yeah, it, it's. I mean, how many guys are on a on a roster? What is it? On the NBA, fifteen. Uh, yeah. So, well, it's 15? Well, on usually, usually you have 15, but they usually they usually have 12 active, and then you have three guys who are, uh, okay. like, who, who you don't you don't dress to play. Okay. And yeah, some of them, they're, like, two-way players. Two yeah. They expanded okay. to 13 um, active players um, for this year with COVID. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But I, I was going to, like – if you're only getting 13 guys, that's obviously how many teams are getting left off. And then you've got like the nets that are getting three guys and, and shit like that, where, yeah, it, it's tough. It, it's tough to actually get the right guys in, especially. And then if you get a guy that's like a Chris Paul, that's been to how many all-star games and has been 11, a good player. I think. Yeah. And he's been a great player for as long as he's been it's hard to not give him like the legacy nudge to be like, yeah, Chris Paul's always an all-star. Let's, let's get him on unless he's had, he needs to have a terrible year or be hurt really to like not get the nod at this point. I also am a fan of, of they should do it where if a player gets traded, especially if you're traded across uh, conferences, you shouldn't be. be Yeah. Like James Harden shouldn't be an all-star for the East when he played half his game so far in the West. Yeah, that, that's my take on it. But 
I mean, I know they've been, they've been changing that around. They, they've done it where they used to be where the trade deadline was after the All-Star game. So you've had those players who like start in the All-Star game and then they're traded from their team like two weeks later, not even. Well, it, but so that I don't mind. Uh, yeah. Also, I don't I wouldn't mind it if it was a pool where like you get however many guys from the East, however many guys from the West. And then it's, it's like the draft they did a couple of years ago where like team LeBron got to pick people and then whoever. They still do that. So for this, um, they're still doing that. Oh, okay. So yeah, so, so basically then they pick X amount of players from the East and the West, but LeBron and KD basically are going to be going back and forth. So they'll start with the starters oh, and they okay. choose from that pool and then they'll charge. So it's not East versus West, but rather like, Team captain of the East is exactly. Which so that if that's the case, if they're still doing that, I don't mind Harden making it as much. Yeah. Because it's not like oh now he's just on the East team like now he's playing for he might play for LeBron's team he might play for KD's team like that doesn't matter as much. Um, I do I would hate it way more if it was like oh look he he all his numbers are from when he was on the West team and now he's an East fucking all-star. Yeah. The last thing I do want to say about the all-star game, because I know we've talked about it a lot, is um, I saw what they did to congratulate Randall and Zach Levine. So with Randall, they did it at – it was the, their home game. It was actually their first game the Knicks had with fans in the stadium or in the arena, and they had a video message from his mom. And the backstory is that he wears 30 because his mom played at um, Little – Little Rock, Arkansas, and her number was 30, so that's why he wears that number. Zach Levine, he had to do, like, a, pre- a video press conference, and they were like, oh, like, next person's coming in. So, like, his mom and dad came up, and then, like, some other players and, like, family members, so they surprised him with, like, congratulating. So, supposedly, um, Jamal Crawford, uh, the guy who I feel like has never left the league but hasn't played it, he actually hasn't played in quite some time, he actually, like, is related, I think, to Zach Levine like came on and like congratulated him on his efforts and everything that he's done so it's good to see the ones who get their first all-star break and you can see like how happy and like how important it is but I mean you look at a guy like Sabonis where in his contract just because he got selected into the all-star game he gets an extra 1.3 million yeah that's what's awesome for like the guys like that that have it as incentives like it's one thing to get snubbed it's another thing to get snubbed out of 1.3 million dollars when you should be there over guys yeah, and he came back from an injury too, so that was good for him. Um, but I think with that, we can go into our next thing. But I just looked in our other fucking pod pod members just fucking walked away. But how about them next? This is the first time since the 2012-2013 season that they are above 500 after 35 games. This is the team, Cohen. Let's see if you remember this. This is the team when they had Mello, they had Marcus Camby, Pablo Jason Prigioni. Kidd. I think Prigioni was on it. Kmart. Uh, Kmart was on it. 2012-2013 season. Since that was like the last 100. year that I watched the Knicks. <laughs> that was the last year they were relevant. Did you just say Marcus Candy or Camby? Camby. Okay. You, it sounded like Candy and I was about to fucking destroy you. No, but that was yeah, the last John time. Can- John Candy's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> But the Knicks, man, the Knicks are on a three-game winning streak. They've won eight of their last ten, I think. Yeah, eight of their last ten. Um, and they have two more games before the All-Star break, 
one that happened yesterday, which we're hoping it's a win against San Antonio. I mean, last time I predicted the score, I was off for the next game. So I'm not going to predict this one because they lost to Golden State last time. But they got San Antonio and, and Detroit before the All-Star game um, happens. But 18 and 17, um, what's everyone's thoughts on the Knicks? I mean, I've been enjoying them when I've been able to watch them too. It's just good basketball overall. Yeah, I think I just get like angrier more that the more I think about it because in all reality, like the Knicks, listen, Julius Randle's playing out of his mind. I know that's part of it. RJ Barrett's playing probably better than he did last year. But other than that, it's really just like Tom, I can't pronounce his last name. Tip it up. I try. Yeah. Like actually just making them a team and not a bunch of young guys that you were just hoping would stick. And it makes me just mad. Cause I feel like if the Knicks just had a competent coach for the last like five years, maybe they wouldn't have been as God awful. Um, and yeah, I, I, that's really all I can say about it. Like it makes me more mad about the past than it does actually excited about the future. But like, cause now basically they missed on guys or you can make the argument that they missed on a couple guys and they're still going to, probably be a playoff team at this point. Like I would be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. They have had like decent coaches. I think it's that we thought these coaches were going to fix the system, but it hasn't been until now. Like we had Larry Brown, we had Dan Tony, um, we had Fizdale. Like we had coaches have who have had success. They just couldn't find the success in the New York system. So part of me was worried, like we're going to bring in another like, I don't want to say great coach, but I mean, like he was a great coach on the Chicago Bulls. Like he brought them to a lot of great runs in the East. So it's, it's a, it's not a no name person. And this is the first time in almost 10 years where we have a coach that we're happy about, but a team that we're also happy to watch alongside it. Like like defense, as much as it's not in this league, it's all about scoring points. Like he's going the opposite direction, but I actually enjoy the type of basketball that they're playing. I do like the fact that they have random nights where they're dropping 140, but I also like the ones when they're keeping teams under 100 because they're keeping themselves in the game too. Yeah, no, they're not miserable to watch. Like they're actually it's it's enjoyable to watch as opposed to like you used to flip on Knicks games and it'd be like 135 to 127 and they're losing for the eighth game in a row, even though they put up a decent amount of points, but all they do is score and let the other team demolish them. Like, and it's not even fun to watch because it's, it's just, okay, they score, they score, they score, they miss, they score, they miss. It wasn't just back and forth. Like the only way you're preventing anything is if they miss. And you know what? it's actually like fun basketball to watch. Like it's, it's how basketball should be played almost granted. It's through the NBA lens of nobody plays real defense anyway, until, you know, the playoffs, but at least it's something it's the first step towards where like, Oh shit, these guys might play like really good defense in the playoffs. And you know, it's crazy too. This is all without Mitchell Robinson right now. Like Nerlens Noel is playing out of his freaking mind right now. And yeah. I like that signing, I feel like went very under the radar because he was another guy that was like a high draft pick, but ended up really just being like a defensive minded player. But I would love to see the Knicks keep him around too, because I just think he provides so much value for like an actual winning team now. Like at first I was like, why the fuck are they signing Nerlens Noel? Cause I just assumed that the team was going to be pretty bad this year. Um, but when you have a good team around, those are the type of guys that you need coming off the bench. 
Yeah, and I like that signing too because Mitchell Robinson had still had trouble with fouls and you needed somebody off the bench who was going to be still good defensively. I've just been worried because I know I talk about this a lot with the Knicks where their their front court, they just don't have many options. And now you had Todd Gibson who got hurt in the last game um, or he got hurt in the Indiana game so didn't play in the Detroit game. So with this break coming up, hopefully it's not too serious, but – after Noel, your next five right now is Randall. So yeah. that, that, that's the concern I've had where I would hope that they get like another like stretch four just to help out with depth if Gibson's going to be out longer. Because you know Mitchell Robson is out four to six weeks with his hand. So you still know that you're still, there's still another two to three weeks away with him. So I'm hoping that they can – because the couple of games that they have after the break, you have Milwaukee, OKC – um, so those ones are not really worried about the center or Brooklyn, but then you're playing Philly, Orlando, Philly. So you got Embiid and, and Vujicic uh, for three games straight uh, against like solid center. So that's where I worry on the depth with them um, as it relates to their front court. But I mean, Derek Rose, like what a great signing still of like him dropping like 14 points a game, like eight assists. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just good basketball that we have not yeah. seen in a while. Yep. Yep, I agree. It's also fun to see Derrick Rose doing it as a Nick after, like, the utter flop that he was the first time around as a Nick. Like, it's nice to have the redemption arc. I think Coach helps, though, too. I think, I think yeah. Coach helps. I think, too, Rose, I think the last few years has – when he was on the Knicks the last time, I feel like he was still trying to prove – that he was healthy. And now I think we're past that. And now he's learned how to play with his new like body essentially. Cause he's not the same player he, he used to be, obviously. I mean, he's also older now, but he's learned how to like kind of adapt. And I think that's why he's playing so well now. Like he just gained like years on his career. He's a serviceable point guard where he yeah. didn't like, we didn't know it as like an NBA, but he didn't know it cause he had to reinvent himself. So I agree with that. Um, that he knows his role, and but he stays in his lane. And that's the thing with the NBA. Like, the, the, the times that you go outside or you extend yourself too much, that's when you start to play bad basketball. And he knows, like, he knows what his role is, and he's executing on his role night in and night out. And that's all we can ask for. Like, we're not asking him to drop 20, but you drop 10 points and, like, six assists and a couple rebounds, like, you're doing more than what we're asking of you. Yep. He also Agreed. looks like he's got, like, the spark in him where we're going to get a game where he's going to have, like, 25 points off the bench. Like, there, there's going to be days where everything's just going his way and he's going to hit stuff and we're going to be like, oh, shit. Like, Derrick Rose could do this every once in a while still. That's awesome. What happened with Alec Burks the other night? He had, like, 23 points, of which 19 came in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And, but it starts with just staying in your lane. Like, th- those those high points will come when you're doing what you're supposed to do. So fourth place right now, they're 18 and 17. Um, granted that can easily swing because uh, fifth, sixth, and seventh are 17 and 17 and eighth is 16 and 17. So it just shows you that um, I, I think this, if I'm being like realistic, if the Knicks get the fourth seed at the end of the year, like that's fucking great. Like I will not complain about it. But I also think that there's no way that we're going to get up into the top three, which we're talking about the Sixers, the Nets, and the Bucks. Like we're um, three and a half games out from the Bucks at the three seed. So I think if it, I think if we get my my prediction going after the All Star game 
I think the Knicks are going to end up in the five or six seed is where I think they're going to land. I think that's probably the, the most realistic option. Yeah, and I'm hoping it's the sixth seed because at that point we'll hopefully have the Nets drop to third and we'll have a next for, Knicks versus Nets um, playoff. That'd be so fun. I would all of a sudden become the most obnoxious Knicks fan on the planet. <laughs> hey, man, I'll I'll accept the Knicks sliding to seventh if the Nets stay at number two. Like, <laughs> let's get Knicks-Nets. I think the, the Knicks should tank if they're able to get the seventh seed and play the Nets. I do want to give – I know I think we talked a lot about the Knicks, but, Steve, I do want to at least make sure you're highlighting your Mavs team because – as much as we were crapping on them, they're in ninth right now, and they're a game out of playoff spot because um, the Warriors have two wins in hand. So Mavs are 17 and 16 as we're recording this, um, but they are – are they playing tonight? Yeah, they won. Yeah, they so – the, uh, Magic. Oh, yeah. I was worried. I was like, oh, are they going to let the Magic, like, come and beat them back in the fourth quarter? It was a little bit back and forth. But So technically they're a half game out behind the Warriors, um, and it's pretty flexible. I mean, the 6th or 8th seed is, is wide open, but what have you seen recently in your Mavs? Is there anything that you're worried about, anything that you're happy seeing right now with them? Uh, nothing that I didn't mention before when we were going over the Luka versus Damian uh, Lillard conversation. It's just we're so reliant on Luka, like way too reliant. Like he creates everything. There's no – there's nothing outside of him. That's why he's so good. That's why he puts up all these good numbers. That's why he's clutch time, like like hitting all these buzzer beaters because, like, the ball's always in his hands. And it worries me because the West is incredible because, like, we're talking about the Knicks and they have a very similar record to the Mavs. And the Knicks are in fourth and the Mavs are in ninth. And the West is insane this year. Not even just, like, the Lakers and the – and the Clippers, like the the usual teams that you see up there, like the Jazz now all of a sudden are like a juggernaut. They just kick the shit out of teams all the time. I don't know if they lost tonight against the Pelicans, but um, like they look really good. Freaking like Damian Lillard's got the Blazers playing really well without CJ McCollum. It's just, and then the Suns like tooled with Chris Paul. It's just the West is so strong and the Mavs just need – so much and it's so obvious and like we can survive off of Luca, but it's not gonna like we're not gonna get where we want to go without another piece steve the the jazz are down 14 as we speak right now to the pelicans wow that's the pelicans outscored them by 16 in the third quarter wow 40 to 21 40 to 24 damn good for them shit the jazz been playing really well but yeah, we'll see what happens with the Mavs. You guys are going to get a, good, a decent pick no matter what. Hey, I'll, I'm happy with that. I'm nice, very nice happy with mid, that. Mid-first round pick. All the more reason to keep Julius Randle forever. Well, I mean, yeah, if we get the pick, then yeah, I, I get that. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I still – I with their now I I have I'll have like separation issues if they do trade Randall. See, I'm so glad that the nonsense I was spitting week one has. But but true. I also would not be terribly upset if they do trade him, depending on what the package is. I, I think a lot of it is like the condition of like. Thank you. Do me a favor and uh, clip this so that way when they trade Randall and turn into a four win team next year, I could just play it back and show Joe. <laughs> You know, they're going to trade Randall. They're going to get, like, the 22nd pick in the first round, and it's going to not do anything for them, and it's going to make us miserable for another 10 years. Good good thinking, Joe. 
good thinking. Baseball's I mean, the best. <laughs> They're definitely – if they're trading, they're trading to to win. They're not trading to sell pieces. Now, I think earlier on in the season, there was a lot of talk that you trade Randall because you kind of look at what the next season and the season after that is. Um, but I, I, I don't think the Nets – not the Nets. The Knicks mentality is that right now. I think the Knicks mentality is that if they're going to get a piece, they need to get another um, front court guy, like hands down, is what they need because – they're gonna they're gonna face teams in the East. I mean, you think of the teams in the East. Um, the Sixers have have depth, especially just with Embiid. You have to worry about with the with Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, Giannis is just like a beast to to deal with. But then you have Brook Lopez who spreads the floor. Um, but the other teams that they may face, like Miami Heat. I mean, they have another big guy in Bam Adebayo. Um, and then Kelly Olenek. So you kind of just need like another person just in case, like not saying that Noel is, is not capable, but in the playoffs though, like foul trouble happens a lot more frequently. So just having somebody else and you already, you need a fourth guy if you have Gibson, Noel and, and Robinson, because Randall, you can't afford him getting fouls and being in a five position where he's going to get most of the fouls. You kind of need to keep him in that four where he ends up not putting himself in, in foul trouble and plays the 40 minutes that he does on a daily basis. I think that's where they got to try to like move rivers. Oh yeah. See if absolutely. They get somebody, somebody there. Yeah. If they can move rivers and Frank, like that would be ideal in my opinion, let Frank play a couple games and get like kids like courage or get his, like his game underneath him. But we have quickly, like I'd rather invest in quickly right now because we've invested so much in Frank where it just hasn't panned out. Like if you can met, if you can do something with Knox, Frank and, and Rivers, I say do it. It may not be the best piece, but at least it'll be a better piece than the three of them combined right now. Mm-hmm. My thing of trading them like not really Rivers, but like Frank and Knox together, somehow that'll blow up in the next phase. Like somehow they'll play well on another team. And that's what makes me nervous. I'm okay with that. Keep him on the West then. Play well on the West and on the East. Give him to the maps. Steven could have him. <laughs> he would not want not. Frank, Frank, Frank and Luca. Come on. That'd be like an all-star duo right there. You got the international squad right there. This makes me not want to talk about basketball anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I'll pass it over to Frankie then. And with that, I'm going to throw it right back to Steven. You don't want to talk about basketball, but maybe you want to talk about soccer. Football. Soccer. <laughs> Kalili. <laughs> Kalili. All right. Kalili. <laughs> All right. Kalili. Uh, soccer roundup. Wow, man. Um, there was a lot of soccer this past week. So let's start with Tottenham. Um, they had a really good week, man. Damn. They had two 4 nothing wins. Shit. I mean, I know Bilotta's not going to know. Well, Cohen, Bilotta, whatever we call you now. Back on, uh, we're back on the, we're back on top, baby. Well, I mean, you're not, you're definitely not, but <laughs> back, back yeah, on four nothing wins. Back on tenth place, baby. <laughs> oh, God, uh, soccer. I'll have you know that Arsenal is actually in tenth place in the league. Uh, <laughs> oh, so yeah, so suck. Tottenham won four nothing in Europe, so they moved on to the next round. They got another really good. Uh, draw in in the Europa League, the NIT, which is pissed like really pissed me off because they got a really easy game this round too, and then they also won four nothing against Burnley. Uh, 
Well, Lana, do you have anything to say? I feel like last week when you did my one minute drill, you had a lot of really great things to say about soccer. So I don't know if you had, uh, if you had but like it, a follow up for Steven, this. Steven, that wasn't you doing yeah, your gosh, one minute Steve. drill? No, absolutely not. Way to blow my spot up. Um, you'll have to come back to me. I would have to like Google something so I could read off of it in a funny okay. voice. <laughs> well, the the only thing I'll say about this game, uh, the Tottenham Tottenham games this week, and I don't know if Tony, if you were on before we were talking about it. Uh, um, wow, my words just got really minced up there. Um, anyway, Gareth Bale scored a goal, or Human Song scored a goal, but. They made the letters of their country. So Gareth Bale made a W for Wales. Human Saw made a K for Korea. And then the other player on their team, Lucas Mora, just came in to join in on the celebration. And he didn't know the letters that they were making. So <laughs> he just threw up an L for Lucas. And he's Brazilian, so he would put up a B for Brazil. But he just went double L's. And Gareth Bale gave him like the look of like, bro, you're not even included in this. And then, and then the other camera angle that they have is Gareth Bale turns Lucas to the camera and points to Lucas and goes, points to him and then shakes his, wags his finger like, nah, he, he doesn't get it. He's not part of this thing. And then went, <laughs> so I hate Tottenham, but I love Gareth Bale for, for exposing his teammate. That's hysterical. <laughs> but a pretty successful week for them. Um, West Ham, I'll give West Ham credit, Frank, because – Man City has been demolishing everyone and with ease too, but you guys gave them a really, a really tough game. Yeah. We, uh, we scored the first goal against Man City at Man City since like November. So like that, that's a nice little consolation prize. Um, they, I mean, they, they haven't lost since I think the end of November and they haven't like, not gotten three points since like the middle of December. So just scoring a goal was kind of nice. Um, and both of their goals were unbelievable. We, we ended up losing two one, both of their goals were unbelievable. So it was like, all right, you can't get mad at either one of those. And then we did, ha- our goal was tremendous. Um, a couple of minutes before Mikel Antonio hit the post again, I feel like he's hit the post about 90 times in the last month. Um, and, and then obviously he scored the, our, our lone goal. Um, and it sucks. Cause like Fabianski was out. Um, Agbana, who's been just tremendous, like as a defender hasn't been playing. So we were kind of not at full strength, so to, to only lose by one against a team that has been just absolutely destroying teams and do it at, I'd say, like 85% strength of our, our potential lineup, uh, I think that's pretty impressive. And we're still in fourth place, so, like, I can't be too mad about that. Like, we're coming to the Champions League, baby. We're probably not going to make – it's going to be – we're going to end up fourth place at best. But, like, let's go for fourth place. Come on. Yeah, it was a good goal to get at the end of the first half. But I don't know what they were doing on that. Like, I don't know how they let Stones, like, score that goal. Like, they were doing – they were marking decently well. And then just Stones – John Stones came out of nowhere from the back. Like, he was unmarked and just had an easy shot at goal. So, I think it could have easily ended as, as a draw. 
Uh, but I agree with the, the players that you were missing and to only lose by a goal in the manner that you played, I think is a really good result against Man City, um, who has just been nonstop since the new year. And like they, they played tremendously on top of guys. I think that was just they couldn't keep pace with Man City for that long. And that the, the one mistake they made was letting Stones get that goal. Um, and even that, like, from the limited amount of soccer I've seen, how many times have you seen, like, a guy come up like that and just shoot that one over the crossbar? Like, just fucking well away. And it goes, wee just over everything. And you're like, oh, good, we're still in. Like, he, he had perfect placement on that. And again, like, I think Randolph is a very good backup. Randolph? Rudolph? Randolph? I think Randolph. It's Randolph. He's a very good backup, but I think like a 100% healthy Fabianski is head and shoulders above him. So that's one of those things where – and Randolph was also like apparently hurt his knee and like like wasn't mobile at all. So I think like maybe if he doesn't hurt his knee earlier on in the game or if Fabianski's fully healthy and in there, that might not be a goal at all. Um, you'll never yeah. know, though. So I, I still think it was an impressive – it's impressive in the loss to at least keep up with a team that just is firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I think Randolph did well in the circumstances. I just wish that they brought in Bowen and Ben Rama earlier in the game. I thought they came in a little – like they came in with like five minutes left. Yeah, it was like an 85th. If they came in like 10 minutes earlier with the the spark that they had in those last five or the last 10 minutes or so with the – It's just so hard because like you had them score, I think it was like in the 60th, like almost in the 70th minute. I think what you have to do as a coach when you're down one goal like that and you need an offensive spurt, you got to give the team five minutes to kind of adjust and see how they react. But I think you got to put you got to bring them in in the 75th minute. So at least it gives them definitely 15, potentially 20 minutes to make something happen. You're only giving them less than 10 minutes to do that. And it's difficult in that situation. And and also, you got to judge Antonio's tank, because once his tank is done, he's fucking useless. Like he might score on like a breakaway, but those never happen because he's always walking around. Once his tank is depleted, he's got to be out of there. Um, like Bowen needs to be in 10 minutes earlier. Maybe you hold on to Ben Rama. You don't put Ben Rama in right away. But Bowen needs to come in for Antonio as soon as you see him start to get sluggish because he's tremendous, like just useless once that tank is spent. And that's usually around 70, 75 minutes. But, yeah, I, I still think they played great against – the team that's going to run away with the, the championship this year. Yeah, I think uh, maybe about a month and a half ago, we we were thinking that this was still a race, and uh, Man City has made it their own, so there's really nothing to fight for except for the top four. Um, but if West Ham gets in there, Frank, that is a lot of revenue coming into your club that you could spend on other players. So, I mean – you see what Leicester City did when they had their championship winning season. Leicester? Leicester City. Uh, Lance McCullers. <laughs> Lance McCullers. Um, they sold all those players, got the money from Champions League. And now, I mean, even though Arsenal beat the shit out of them this weekend, they're still like pretty much top four every single year since that point. So 
Who knows? And the West Ham also, you guys have a massive stadium too that you didn't even have to spend money to build. Yeah, shout so, out the Olympics. Yeah, good for you guys. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, Chelsea. Chelsea had a good week. There was some controversy in their game against Manchester United, which I'm going to ask Joe for his opinion. I'm sure that he knew I was going to ask him for his opinion. Um, in typical Olivier Giroud fashion, because fuck Arsenal for selling him to them by Alexandre Lacazette, even though I love Lacazette. Um, Chelsea beat Atletico in the, champion, in the Champions League. one nothing. Uh, it was an away goal, which is a big one. And, of course, Giroud scores in typical Giroud fashion. Uh, he scores in the bicycle kick. Typical shit. Um, and they VAR'd it to check because no, it was – Yeah, I know. They. I mean, they had – I mean, I don't know. VAR is really pissing me off. But, I mean, they had to, they had to check it. Um, I thought you guys played really well. I mean, I thought Tuchel has, like – it kind of pisses me off that Pulisic doesn't get a lot of play anymore. But – He's got them playing pretty well. Yeah, I was happy. I mean, it's an away goal, too, for us um, in that game. I, I was worried. I thought that um, we were going to be on our heels a lot more throughout the game. I think I let it go played too timid at, at points of the game where it hasn't been their style, um, at least in, like, historical fashion with us. So I'm happy with it. Because I would have been happy with the tie, and if like Atletico scored two, because at least it gives us the away goal. But now this is more pressure on us to be like, okay, we we need to keep that clean sheet. But Mendy has played in six games now in the Champions League and has had a clean sheet in five out of the six. So I think defensively, I was a little bit worried, um, just because we had Christensen Christensen back there, and he has been probably one of our weaker center backs. Um, this season, but Rudiger has been been solid. Um, Hudson Adoy in that wing back position has been interesting with Tuchel, um, and just seeing like chances that he's creating. Um, but yeah, I I, I mean I, I've been happy overall with um, with how they've been playing, um, especially in the Champions League game. I mean we, we we try our best to get the results, and let's be honest, I think Chelsea is viewed as the underdog in this scenario. Um, so I, I was happy with not only in the win, it's an away goal. So now we just got to build momentum when we play them again. I think it's middle of March is the next game. Um, I think it's, it's the week of like March 16th. I think it's the, yeah, March 17th is when we play them next. So it is literally right before March madness. So this is going to be like a hectic week of like champions league games and leading into March madness. Yeah, this is always a good time for, for sport. Um, I, I think you guys got Atletico at a really good time because they were they were playing kind of like how Man City is playing now, maybe about a month or two ago, but they've recently been dropping a lot of games in their league and they haven't looked as dominant as they had earlier in the season. And you can see that, that race that looked pretty much out of it. Now Real Madrid and Barcelona are breathing down their necks. Um, yeah. Timing is everything. The same team. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys got them at a great time, and you guys are obviously playing really well too. So it's like if this game happened like a month, a month or a month and a half before it happened, you guys would have got crushed. Oh yeah, got crushed. I think the thing that is concerning that really has been escalating this week is Tammy Abraham looks like he wants to walk. So yeah. which I'm okay with. 
Yeah. I, I, and I'm okay with, I, I get it completely. I mean, we're having, I mean, we thought Olivier Giroud was going to be gone and I'm happy we kept him because he has been our most consistent um, attacker, even with all the money we spent up top. But I'm okay with that Abraham walking because like it's it's just not aligning right now. And we can we can only have so many attackers on the field. Um, but the Man United game, I'll take the tie. I will I will take the tie happily. I think overall, once again, I mean, you gotta get the points when you can. I thought that they especially since we had them at home, I think we did a really good job. We there was a couple plays that we should have finished. I think um who was it? Colin Hudson-Odoi had one play where I think um, Mason Mount switched it and he just had an opening and he had dropped one right in the middle of the box um, where he missed the post. There was another one where Olivier Giroud had a sliding header, I think at the end of the first half that he had went for and just missed it by a couple inches. So we definitely had chances, but I think what Steve wanted to ask me was um, the, the so-called penalty kick, if it should have been or not. <laughs> Yeah, you, um, me- you mentioned his name, and I was going to go straight to it. What do you I, think? I personally think it was not a handball, and I know I saw a couple of the areas with it. It was a lot of confusion because if you look back at it, a lot of the players who were arguing for it were the Chelsea players um, for a handball. I think it was Greenwood he was going up against. Yeah, I, I think they were arguing that it should have been a handball against him. So when they were checking that it was on um, hudson Adoy, I was like, okay, wait, let there was definitely one angle where it showed that it was his hand, but you also have to put into consideration like the football move. Is it intentional? Is it hand to ball, ball to hand? And that's something that is always spoken about. I think in the moment you can't call a penalty on that type of play. I think there's a lot of other plays that are more confrontational, but with how that game was being officiated too, if that was called what it was, if it was called a penalty, I think that would have been so much uproar. I get it. I mean, when you're on the other side of it to get a penalty kick, you're going to get, you're going to push everything you can to get the call going your way, but I don't think it warranted a penalty. And I'm, I've been surprised seeing the amount of conversations that have come up about the about it being a, a handball or not. I think there there's too much attention to it. I think it's because it was a zero zero game. It was Man United and Chelsea, so these points help out a lot in their in their runs. Man United to at least get close or higher up in the top four. Chelsea that puts them in the top four. So there's a lot. These points count a lot more now. Um, but no, I don't think it was a handball. I think it was the right move to play on. I get why they checked it with VAR. Um, because it was pretty close, but I think they made the right call at the end of it. And I'm not saying it as a Chelsea fan. I'm saying it more as like watching the soccer play develop. I don't think it warranted a handball in the, in the, in how that, how that play surfaced to where it did. Just for, for the listeners. So we're talking about the Callum Hudson O'Doy potential handball in the Chelsea Manchester United game. um, That was not given. I don't know if you saw this, Joe, but Luke Shaw came out and said that based off of some conversation that Harry Maguire, the Man United captain, had with the referee, he said that VR gave the penalty, but the ref didn't want to give the penalty because he didn't want all the uproar coming out of it, um, which has since been squashed. But I have to disagree with you that I think it should be a penalty, and here's why. In my mind, I don't think that's a penalty, but – with the way they call handballs now, it's like 
any con- in any contact with the hands is a handball. Like even in in the Arsenal game against Leicester City, there was a player that had his arm in a an unusual position with his. I think with his he like he wasn't even looking at the ball. His head was turned like away from it and it hit him, and they called it a penalty. Um, do you remember the Manchester United PSG handball that they gave yeah. to Manchester United, where Kimpembe was like turned around and had his it wasn't even his full arm was extended it was like his elbow was out and it hit his elbow so i i think that there needs to be clear rules around that handball but i think that the hudson odoi one is just as based off of the way that they've been calling them just as much a handball as those ones that i just mentioned and there's plenty more where it's been like guys looking away or like guys that are like the ball is like two, not even like a foot away from them before it gets kicked. And even if it's not in a natural position, they still call it. Like yeah. Hudson Odoi brought his hand up and the ball is coming in contact with his hand and it touches his actual hand. Like I, so, I don't like I don't see where in the law of whatever a handball is that that's not a handball. So two things on that. So the way that the reason why his hand had gone up is because Greenwood's arm came up. So they're trying to battle for a position to get to the ball too. So I think if Greenwood's arm didn't come up, then it's more of a case that it was a handball on Colin Hudson Adoy. But if you think about it, you had Mendy who had just like batted it out to his right. So you have Greenwood who's trying to control it with his chest. And as he's doing that, he's lifting up his left arm. And for Hudson Doy to get position, he's trying to battle his arm to get in that position. So I think that's also something to consider into the play of if if Greenwood's arm isn't raised and you just have Hudson Doy's hand, like easy. I think because Greenwood with the the play that he was trying to make on getting position makes it harder. The other thing I want to say is Harry Maguire can go fuck himself because he is the most confrontational person when it comes to he should be receiving yellow cards more, should be receiving red cards more because he puts himself in a lot of situations where he lucks out. So I, I don't, I don't value anything that Harry Maguire says about it or even the conversations that he has with the refs, because a, he probably spinned it because that's what Harry Maguire has done. So his track record speaks for himself, but I do, I, I do get your point, Steve, on, on the position and, and the, the rule has developed over the last couple of years. But I mean, I I've been, I've taken looks. I'm even like, as you were talking about it, like relooking at it again and just the way that Greenwood set up himself to try and get the ball makes it harder for me to say like, that's as easy or as clear as a handball as it has been called in the past. Yeah. That's fair. They, the better rules, better refs. Hopefully we'll get them someday. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to Arsenal. So let's move on to my squad. We had a really good week. Uh, we beat Benfica. I really, I was like, they scored. First of all, Benfica's two goals were like bullshit goals. Like Ceballos was at mistake, was at fault for both of them. Um, it was a really nice free kick by, by their player. I forgot what his name is. Um, doesn't even matter because we're not going to see him again. And uh, the other one was that Danny Ceballos tried to head the ball back to the goalie and just made a really bad, a bad deal of it. Um, but we pulled that one out, scored the third goal of the game in like the 87th minute. Bukayo Saka is like out of his mind. It's funny, like I'm a Mavs fan. Luca's like tw- just turned 22. Is 
insane. This Bukayo Saki is 19 years old. He's like, I think his market value now is at 113 million. Like he's probably the top teenager in the Premier League, and he's just been playing out of his mind. Like he's been he's been carrying us just as much as as, as anybody on Arsenal, and he's been playing week in week out. The game against Leicester City was the first game that he hadn't played, which in what has to be like six or seven games. Um, but a really good result against Benfica. So we move on in the Europa League. Of course, we get drawn against Olympiacos. Um, two things about this one. It's a rematch from last year. So we came in thinking that, okay, Arsenal is going to be Olympiacos. This is going to be a total joke. And Olympiacos came in um, second leg at Arsenal last year shocked us and scored with like barely any time left. And then Arsenal had a sitter of a chance where Obama Yang had pretty much an open goal to shoot at. And he missed um, by a pretty wide margin. Uh, it was like just one of those things where you just, you're not even mad or sad. It's just, you're in disbelief. Um, so we get them again. So hopefully we get some revenge on them. And it sucks how far Arsenal has fallen where we have to talk about revenge games versus a team like Olympiacos, which there's just some shitty Greek team. So hopefully we can get back to the way that Arsenal was close to a decade ago, I guess, <laughs> or since Arsene Wenger uh, managed the team. Uh, and then over the weekend, played Leicester City. Uh, I don't think a lot of Arsenal fans thought that we were going to do well with this game just because of all the travel we had to make for the Benfica games. Uh, we played Man City and got demolished there. Even though it was a one nothing game, We looked they totally outplayed us. Um, but we beat Leicester 3-1, made a lot of changes in the lineup. Uh, Bellerin did not play. I can't tell you how fucking happy I was that Bellerin did not play in the game. Um, Cedric wasn't – is not great. But he's definitely better than him. Granted, Jaka looked really good. I got to give him the credit when it's due. Uh, and Pepe is just like, I love Nicholas Pepe. I hope that he proves everybody wrong. I think he's like on that road. He had a really good string of games. Then all of a sudden, Arteta like took him out for like three or four games in a row. Um, and then reinstalled him against Leicester. And he just... Just, like he, it was so bad that the left back that was playing against him had to be taken out at halftime because it was just so obvious that Pepe was just carving him up. Um, so hopefully, like Thomas, right? Yeah, yeah. Thomas got taken out. He was just like Pepe was just on fire. And it's funny because like everybody in on Twitter was like, "Oh my God, look what happens when Pepe doesn't have to worry about playing with Bellerin on the right side. He's God," um, which is what we've been saying for so fucking long. And I'm so glad that we we're finally there. Um, but don't worry. I'm sure we'll go right back to putting Bellerin in it right back. And he's going to play like dog shit. Like he usually does. Uh, well, no you, heard the teams that you heard the teams that are looking at him. Yeah. He, he can go to PSG. He can go play Champions League football. I don't give a shit. That'd be, dumb to take him. Man, so. That'd be great for you to get rid of him. God. He just bothers me so much. He's just not like it. It used to be like he's a soccer player that also does fashion, and now I feel like he's just a fashion designer that also plays soccer. <laughs> Ever since that injury, like he had that injury, and now all of a sudden it's just like, like he was a pace merchant, and now he's he had he was doing well before the injury too. Like he had some pretty good like 
months where he was just like a solid right back. And that injury hurt him for the worst. Oh, well, yeah, well, but that's what I'm saying. Like he was like he lived off of his pace, and like I don't think he knows how to play without the pace because he's not he's nowhere near as fast as he was, and now he has to be a technical right back. And he's and the funny thing is he came from Barcelona's academy, and he's probably the most like untechnical player I've ever seen play for Arsenal. Cause like Arsenal is a very like technical team, like Arsene Wenger, like made sure that we were that team. Um, so yeah, he just needs to get the fuck out. If we get like 20 to 25 million for him, I would be happy. I'd even be happy with 15 million. Just get him out. Just get him the fuck out of there. Good riddance. Uh, like he's, he served Arsenal for a long time. Being like, he's loyal. He always speaks good about the club. He's a co-captain, but he's just not, like if we had someone like Tierney on the left side and the same on the right side, it would. Oh my god, man! It would. Uh, that's all I gotta say about it. Um, so that's it for soccer. Um, we're gonna have a lot of European games. I know. I don't think this week has any European games, but I know next week, Champions League resumes. The first leg of the Europa League starts up. Um, and then the following week, second leg of Europa League, and then the uh, second leg of the other matches, which I'm pretty sure will include Chelsea that week, too. Yeah. It's like the week of the 7th and the week of the 14th. Yeah. Um, Big games coming up ahead. Arsenal plays Tottenham, and then Arsenal also plays West Ham in two weeks, I think. Frank, Frankie, and it's not not like an early game. I think it's at like 11.30. Yeah. That's still early for Frankie. What are you talking about? He needs a 3 p.m. game. I was up at 5.30 this morning. What are you talking about? Yeah, but then when your team plays at 7 a.m. on a Sunday, you're like, I was sleeping. Uh, guess who was up for this game, actually? Yeah, because it, it was an 11 o'clock game. No, they played 7.30 this, this past game. Not against Man City. Oh, no, the week before. Yeah, the week the, before. The then week this was like before. a 10 a.m. game. You know, I was up for both of them, so it sucked my dick. How about that? <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for soccer. I'm going to send it back to to Frank on that note. All right. And with that, there's not much to talk about, um, but I'm going to send it over to Tony Cohen just to give us a little bit of baseball. Do we have any baseball this week? I was not ready for that. All, All we have to say is baseball is back. Baseball is fun. And that's it. He, he pretty much summed it up. All right, Baseball's and- back. Spring training has started, and I could not be happier. And I still can't get a PlayStation 5. <laughs> well, and you lost your you chance. Boza could have helped you with that. How? He told you about this. If you had known sooner, he could have gotten you like a handful of times the PS5, but he didn't know you were looking for one. Well, that sounds like a Voza problem. Well, sounds like a you problem for not asking your friends, like, hey, guys, I can't find a PS5. Well... I know somebody who does. Who is that? Voza. Well, fuck you guys. I'm surprised you didn't bring up fantasy. Got to figure out a date for that. I posted. Got anybody want to explain to me why GroupMe is so stupid and doesn't let me look at the poll now until it actually closes and I put Wednesday? Well, you have to give yeah, give the context as to why you waited that long. Like you were too generous with your time on that. I don't know why you didn't do it as like a a date. Because I figured if I put, like, Monday and then nobody answered the poll and I had to chase people around, I wouldn't know. I thought I could still see the results. And I didn't want it to just close and go away. But, Facebook. 
Yeah, I clearly, I, I've been trying to leave Facebook for context to our listeners. Our group for fantasy baseball has been in Facebook forever. Last year, I tried leaving it and went to a different app. And now I went to GroupMe because nobody answered on that. And now GroupMe makes you put stupid things for polls. What? I could see the results of the polls. Why can't you? Is it because I have, do I have to vote first? You probably have to vote first. All right, hold on. And if you vote on Thursday, vote, I'm going to break your fucking knees. No, I'm, we're not going to do it on Thursday. I'm just going to rig the vote, Frankie. <laughs> well, it's um, in last place right now, so I think we're okay. Wait, so maybe I got to vote. All right. So me, if you're listening, if you want to sponsor this episode, we're happy to do so. Oh, we're like evenly. All right, good. Most people are putting that they're available any day anyway, so that's great. But can I see who voted for it? No, leading. Uh, it's no. a tie now, you fucking... <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't even see, like, I mean, oh, I could also see. end the poll whenever I want, but it doesn't show me who voted. So I can't even, like, number. yeah, chase anybody me. around. Yeah, whatever. I'm just going to pick a date and people show up, they show up. But anyway, fantasy baseball starting, too. So that's the other thing that we'll probably be talking about at some point, even if we don't mean to. That's really all I got for baseball. Cool. I just have a lot of baseball complaints, but it's going to be in my one-minute draw. I just wanted to throw you off because you looked like you were falling asleep there because they started talking about I you can't talk shit about me talking about West Ham. I keep it concise. Oh, shut you up. just talked about But Frankie, here's the difference. Steven told us he likes soccer, so when he goes on a rant, it's understandable. You say you don't like soccer. I don't and I then like talk about for ten minutes. <laughs> I don't like soccer. I like West Ham. I misspoke that one time I said I like soccer. Anyway. It was a freaking slip. All right, cool. Back to me. Uh, And with that, uh, that'll do it for all the sports. Um, There is one more piece of news, but I think Steven's covering it in his one-minute drill, so we'll get to that with the one-minute drills. All right, this (laughs) No, wrong noise. Good try. Lily. Nope. Wrong noise again. Good try, though. Uh, does anybody want to volunteer to start? I'll volunteer. I'll Joe? keep it short and sweet. Joe, you never go first, so yeah, go for it. I used to go first all the time because my name was always first on the list. <laughs> I really don't think I ever win first, but I'm never prepared when Frankie says who wants to go first. So right. I'm just like... <laughs> There's a reason why I ask for volunteers now and don't just go into it. Yeah. Dead smart job. man, smart man. So my one-minute drill is on behalf of our, our pod members right now. So I know people may be wondering why we're having inconsistency. A lot of people would have thought that I would have been the first one to drop in this podcast. First, it was Martin, RIP. Um, I do want to let the people know I'm here. I will stay here. I will not be missing episodes. So I hate him so much. <laughs> so Voza, I'm sorry. I hope you're. I will, we'll, we hope to see you next week. But um, I have a feeling uh, Cohen may be the one sitting out because we need Frankie to keep this boat moving. And in uh, no way in hell am I going to miss next week. So for all my people, I hope you all see and know that I'm here. I'm committed, and I will be here every time. Thank you. Except probably on my honeymoon. 
This was literally. That was your one-minute drill, you fucking dork. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything else, and I didn't want to repeat any topics. All right, let's just move on. Let's Hold on, on. Joe. Let's put a, uh, on. Frankie. You got to put a blocker on Joe when he tries to get in the pod next week, so he just doesn't go. <laughs> I gotta kick him out, like I kick Stephen out, and then yeah, get back in. Yeah, I had nothing this week. I I yeah. was drawing blanks. Let's get the yeah, fuck. Let's get this moving. Uh, All right, Steve, you want to you want (laughs) to keep it moving? You could go. Yeah, Steven, tell us why you mad. Why are you mad, though? I'm not really mad. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) I'm I'm just disappointed. All right. That's a dad (laughs) saying right there. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Steven would fold that on us. (laughs) I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed at J.J. Watt because the whole freaking thing was he left the Texans. And the first thing that everybody said was Packers for hometown or Steelers to go play with his brother. And then the Browns came out of nowhere, and then the Bills came out of nowhere, and it was like, all right, those are the four teams. Like th- that's who we're talking about. And then all of a sudden, he signs with the fucking Cardinals, <laughs> like, which is the most random thing. Like, granted, he's got his money, two years, thirty-one million dollars. Um, gets to go play with DeAndre Hopkins again. Um, I'd say that the Cardinals have promised. I mean, I'm glad that Vose is not on here so he can be like, oh, Thank you know, God. they're going to be great. They're going to win. I'm going to put a future bet on there because I need to gamble my fellow degenerates. Um, <laughs> but I I just, I don't know. I'm just dis- fucking disappointed because we like have all the, like we had the cap space. We got rid of these guys, drop, um, cut some guys. And I was looking forward to having Kenny Clark and J.J. Watt as our interior linemen. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sad. Let's just hope that the Packers don't draft a quarterback in the first round and they either grab a wide receiver or an interior defensive lineman. But I don't know. I, I can't really trust my team right now with the draft. Steve, uh, just two things that you miss. One is I think the Bills and the Browns rumors came from somebody pretending to be him on like Peloton. Like, I don't think those were ever real rumors. I think somebody was just like, hey, I'm J.J. Watt, and this is where I think I'm going to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that they were real or not. I'm just saying, like, everybody said Steelers-Packers first. Oh, yeah. Then, no, you, uh, heard, then you just heard Browns and you heard Bills. Yeah. So it was like, all right, those are the only teams that you really heard, whether they were true or not. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was just Cardinals. Uh, the other thing is uh, a, a factor that – might be a petty reason, but I think might factor into his decision to go to the Cardinals besides like, you know, money and DeAndre Hopkins and everything is uh, the Cardinals play the Texans this year. Mm-hmm. And like just J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins being like, hey, guys, what's up? Do you might know if it's be... in Houston? Is it in Houston? I don't remember. Oh, I, that I, would I be even better. That. Also, the the – the SpongeBob meme of like SpongeBob looking outside, or is it Squidward looking outside and seeing them playing? Yeah, it's like yeah, the Squidward perfect, with like Patrick, perfect yeah. situation. It's with Patrick and SpongeBob running around, and Squidward's in his home. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect situation for that meme. Um, well, can I ask one question because I, I wasn't following too much on, on that, like the rumors. But was Cleveland the surprise team that they said? I know there was like talks about like a team like coming out of like nowhere like offering was was Cleveland that team or was there even anything that like surfaced up that said like how that came about so I know Steve you said it was Cleveland and the Bills I I have no idea all I saw was the thing like the Peloton thing and then JJ Watt being like I don't even have a bike like stop and then 
when he tweeted about it, he tweeted him in a Cardinal shirt. Yeah, I saw that. And said, source me. That, so that's all I saw. I don't I don't know if there was any like secret suitor or or last minute like, hey, come play for us or anything. I, I just know that somebody was pretending to be him on Peloton and he was like, yo, fuck this. I'm just going to break the news myself. I personally wish it was extended longer because I liked him having fun with free agency. I just love just yeah. seeing the tweets that were coming through on him just saying like, I mean, it takes me forever to decide on DoorDash. So yeah. I kind of wish it was like prolonged because he was having fun, which made everyone else enjoy it. Um, especially like I knew he wasn't going to be coming <laughs> to the Giants. So I can enjoy yeah. it more than like those where it are, it is more suitable. Um, can I ask one football question though? Cause it was something that I was hearing about today and it's to Tony Cohen. Um, Wilson saying that Cowboys is on his list of uh, one of four teams. What's your take on if you get, if you do you even want Russell Wilson no. to come? No, I don't want Russell. Be, here's the thing. And I, I don't give a flying fuck about anybody that says they want to play for the Cowboys. Everybody, no matter how bad the Cowboys are, want to play for the Dallas Cowboys. If you're the quarterback of the Cowboys, you just have a lot of, I feel like notoriety, but I don't want Russell Wilson. I don't, I I still don't like him. I, I really just don't think Russell Wilson puts any team over the top. I think he can – like, he. I think Dak is just like him. I think Russell Wilson's better, but I don't think he makes the team that much better that it's worth getting rid of Dak for him. I think Dak has room to grow, and Russell's eventually going to come back down. So, no. I just found it interesting because then there was also um, Alex Smith is parting ways with Washington football team. Yeah, I would love for the Cowboys to bring in like Alex Smith as like a backup or something like that. Or I actually saw Tyrod Taylor as a backup for the Cowboys, which would make sense given that. Just make sure medical Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I'm also so tired of like these fucking rumors on quarterbacks, not to go on a tangent, but it's like they just keep making up shit. They're like, oh, now Russell Wilson might want to get traded, might not want to get traded. You Can know you what? saw the four teams he said? Yeah, it, what was it? It was the Jets, the Dolphins. No, no, it was. Or did Saints. they get pulled? Uh-huh. It was Saints. It was Cowboys. It was um, Bears, and I he could go to the Bears. Now. He could come to the Bears. Then the that Bears all was list. I think if it was goes- Saints. I think it was Saints, Cowboys, Bears, Raiders. Yes, it was Raiders. It was and Raiders. And like the rumor, rumors were like fucking it up and saying like the Jets. Like they, they said like a couple of weird teams. So like the Jets. Yeah. And um fuck, I can't remember what the Dolphins. Maybe it might have been the Dolphins. It was like weird ones that he was like, No, if it was these four teams, yeah, but I don't want to get traded. Like I want to stay put. It's literally like, that's exactly what but that's why it's so stupid. It's like Russell Wilson basically was like, I'm not demanding a trade, but if I get traded, I want to go here. It's like, all right, I'm not going on vacation this year, but if I go away, I want to go here. Like, come on, dude. Like, just shut up and just play or demand a trade. Yeah, I'm not going on vacation, but I have been looking at plane tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> well said. Um, Can I do my actual one-minute drill? Yeah, you go, then I'll go, then uh, Vose is going to come in for a minute. Yeah. Uh, what the hell was I going to talk about that? Oh, okay. I'm ready. Um, I'm going to talk about just one thing that I thought was pretty funny. Um, some reporter thought it was a good idea to ask the Mets, uh, president Sandy Alderson, if they would be attending 
Yoannis Cespedes's showcase that he's apparently putting on for teams. And his answer was, we're going to rent horses and ride to the workout. And I thought that was fucking hysterical. <laughs> Especially uh, if people don't know, Yoannis Cespedes basically didn't play for the Mets for a year and a half because he fell off a fucking horse. But anyway, the second thing I want to bring up that we all kind of forgot about that I just saw when I was scrolling around, um, Tiger Woods got in a really bad accident during the past week or so. Um, and luckily it seems not to be life-threatening, but there's a lot of kind of, he's still keeping it private, but it seems like his legs are pretty fucked. So I, I don't know if that means his career's over, but wishing him all the best. They had to put like screws and plates from what I was like hearing, uh, I, into his legs. Yeah. It sounded like they needed to like put like the top of his foot back on the bottom of his leg, which I don't even know how the fuck science works, but that sounded painful. Yeah, the, the speculation is like that he's but, uh, probably not going to play golf anymore, which kind of sucks because it seems like. I feel like he can't. I feel like he can't, man. Yeah, it, it sucks. He had so many, like, think about, like, forget about his legs. He had back problems. He had so many things that he was, like, trying to overcome anyway and kind of have that going. I mean, luckily, like, he's seems like he'll at least escape it because at first it sounded like we were going to lose another one. So, yeah. Uh, also, so we're recording this on Monday, but yesterday was uh, the final day of whatever, uh, you know, whatever golf outing was going on, whatever. WGC. Yeah, I think it was WGC. Um, but most of the guys ended up wearing the the red shirts and the, the black pants and, you know, the hats. Um, yeah which was real nice to see that many people like dress up and do the thing for tiger, like pay homage to like a guy that most of them grew up watching and like have gotten to play with and have gotten to be friendly with. Cause obviously they're all, it's one big group of guys that play all the time. So it was cool to see like Rory and Finau and all those guys wear the red. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, the other thing to note in that tour, so Colin um, Morikawa, he mm-hmm. ended up winning. Um, he unfortunately couldn't. He was saying that he just couldn't get the the, the red, like, shirt delivered. Um, yeah. But it was interesting because he, he ended up winning the WGC title, and he's won a major, and he is only the second player to do that before the age of 25. Um, alongside Tiger Woods. So for him to accomplish that, like, especially when it happened, like that was like interesting to see too on an accomplishment, but yeah, like hearing everyone around the, around the golf world, like talk about it. Like it was a freak accident. I mean, they, they were like looking into it and just seeing like, was there, they were even looking at like, where was he? I think he was going to like a promotional shoot is what they were saying. Um, yeah, where he was heading. So they were like trying to look at like, all right, where was he like 12 hours before? Where was he heading right after? And I just felt bad because they were also talking about like him, like even he was just playing with his son, like a couple of weeks ago. And like, they were all like raving about like, all oh, like just the, the, the social cues that his son does that like he does too. And it's like, you got to cherish those moments because like, who knows if and when that's going to happen again, like with like the future of, of his son too, like being in golf. So it was definitely, it, it was heavy. So I appreciate you bringing that up, Cohen, because I almost forgot about that. Yeah, yep, too, yep. which sucks. Um, I'm going to go real quick. Uh, so 
we're recording this on Monday. It's March 1st, which makes this the 18th anniversary of maybe the greatest wrestling match of all time. Uh, Mitsuharu Mizawa took on Kenta Kobashi for Pro Wrestling Noah for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. It is tremendous. If you're into any sort of wrestling, if you just want to watch a match that's unbelievable, no context, like you don't need context for it, just a straight up tremendous wrestling match. Misawa Kobashi, Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, it's the last match, singles match they had together, and it, it's incredible. It's probably the greatest rival, the greatest match of the greatest rivalry of all time, um, at least on Japanese soil. Uh, also, AEW Revolution is this Sunday, and there's going to be a barbed wire exploding ring death match as the main event. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. I can't wait. Exploding ring barbed wire death match on American soil. Holy fucking shit. Watch that. It's going to be awesome. That's it for me. So, uh, Tony Boza, it's so nice of you to join us. Would you like to do a one-minute drill and then not do Wizard of Oz? Okay. Uh, good evening, my fellow degenerates. Uh, my one-minute drill this week is going to be... Well, actually, before I get to that, you're all probably wondering where I am right now. I'm actually running around my backyard looking for them new Pokemon cards that came out. I went to three GameStops this morning, six other Dragon's Dens, and a Target, all to find these Pokemon cards. But anyway, back to sports-related topics. Jamal Adams, I hope that Russell Wilson leaves your team and goes to the Chicago Bears so Tony can be right and rub it in my face. Then we could have Russell Wilson versus J.J. Watt all year next year. Take it to the bank. Wow, I'm glad you came up with a new catchphrase, Boza. I've never heard you say take it to the bank before. That, that, that was real cool. I hope that continues from here on out. Uh with that said, that'll do it for one minute drills. Thanks, Voza. Bye, so Voza. nice of Voza to come on his honeymoon and like when he just doesn't feel like being here, he still just pops in. <laughs> uh, uh, with with Voza leaving, there's not obviously not going to be Wizard of Oz this week, but we're not going to scrap scrap it completely. We're not doing Wizard of Frank either. Um, for this week, we have a segment that I hope this this title goes well because I kind of hyped it up and now I'm a little nervous. It's not going to go well. But sticking with the wizard aspect, it's time for Dungeons and Doodoo. Oh, jeez. God, that was terrible. That was terrible. Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's clever. Yeah, we're going to be playing it now? You literally just said Dungeons and Shit. <laughs> that was your big punchline. Well, it was either that or Wizard of fucking Doodoo. So I kinda I like Go Diego Go. <laughs> go Diego Go can go fuck itself. <laughs> it's time for Joe to do fucking Voza's bit. Well, in the in the words of Voza, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my fellow degenerates. Um, so we've been doing this style of rundown right now of putting bets in or, or showing what we've had throughout the week. So recapping it, Boza has gone. Except none of us actually answer him. <laughs> yeah, nobody answers him. That's why. So Boza, he went two and three. I went three and two and Tony went oh and one. Um, 
basically, if you have anything that you want to promote, we're happy to do it on our social media accounts. We will try to do it more. The plan is it will be coming out Wednesday through Sunday. We won't do anything on Monday. I think we, we said we could do Mondays now. We could do Mondays. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. I can't wait till I give spring training baseball picks. <laughs> You could have done that today. That's going to be every single one of my picks starting on Wednesday. I would just like to say that I had no picks this week because I did terrible last week, and everything that I thought about looked bad and lost. So I'm glad I didn't give them as picks. (laughs) So I'll be back this week. I think I got a couple up my sleeve this week. So, yeah, Uh, so we've been doing it through Twitter. So it's on the Twitter handle. Um, yeah, we, we just won't do anything on Tuesdays then. So I check in with us next two, week. We could do Tuesdays. Just you got to remember that if we're telling you stuff about Tuesday, it's for the following week. We're, we're going to cover it the following week. But check our Twitter because Twitter will be the day off. Yeah. So check the Twitter. Um, keep us honest. We'll probably have somebody who's keeping stats because I don't know if he I, – I bet you Boza has like a spreadsheet going on right now of all these – so, because I know I sure as hell ain't doing that. Yeah, but no, yeah, let us know. Is. Let us know if you have anything. Um, I think the only thing I know we were talking about it earlier. Um, the Jazz almost came back against the Pelicans. They brought it in within one point under a minute, but the Pelicans ended up winning. Um, but yeah, so keep us. We'll keep you posted on on trends that we like or or games that we like. Um, but yeah, check Twitter. If you have anything you want to post, let us know. Um, if you have any outrageous parlays, we're not taking them, Nick. Um, and, and with that, I'll, I'll uh, pass it back to Frankie. All right. And so that'll do it for this week. Um, sorry, no chaos, even though Vozo was out. Uh, Vozo will hopefully be back next week. And hopefully we'll have the whole crew back together. It's been a, uh, a bummer of a couple of weeks to not have all five of us being idiots, only four of us being idiots. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it. Uh Obviously, as I always do, uh, feature presentations, my other podcast, check that out. We're in the midst, midst of Monster Movie March. Uh, the first one was Destroy All Monsters, which is fun. There was like 11 Godzillas in a movie, and it was fucking cool as hell because it, it's a Godzilla movie with like 11 monsters. Duh. Um Follow us at 914 Sports, and you know how to spell it based on the description. And, yeah, check, try to get on that Twitter if you want to see pics. Um, interact with us. We, we like hearing from you guys. So, you know, hit us up. We'll, we'll bullshit about whatever you want to talk about. And, um, yeah, that'll do it. So for 914 Sports, we'll see you next week. Later. Bye. See you guys. Bye.